0: Welcome and thank you for listening to Sandy Creek Stirrings. I'm your host, Joshua Jimenez. And if you're going to win souls, you've got to love souls. In spite of their meanness, in spite of the way they look, in spite of everything, you've got to seek to bring souls to Jesus Christ because you love them, because Jesus loved them, and because Jesus died for them, and you're trying to bring them to the Son of God. The Bible says in Psalm 84 11, my last verse, For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. I've based my whole life on that, that it pays to serve God. And I believe that with all my heart. God has given us a guidebook. God has given us a directional map. And that guidebook, that map, is the precious Word of God. Listen, don't just go and sit in the pew. Find some way to serve, and serve as a family. Be a part of everything at church, and when you learn to love what God loves, um, your children will learn to love it as well. Homes are not that spiritually strong. We're getting overtaken by the world quickly, but unfortunately, we're pumping all the sewage in. You know, we're letting the world in, when that ought to be a haven. Welcome back to Sandy Creek Stirrings. Thank you for listening today. My name is Joshua Jimenez, and I am your host. Thank you for being a listener of the Sandy Creek Stirrings podcast. I We are coming up shortly on almost two years of producing podcasts. And here we are, episode number 207. Two years later, you asked me, say, Josh, did you really think you would make it for two years as a podcaster? I would have probably said no, and I didn't know how much content I could actually put out and produce, and who knows, you know, the barrel may be running empty, we'll find out. And uh, But there's always something to talk about, right? And uh, so I don't know, but we've seen so much happen here on the podcast. Of course, 207 episodes, listeners in 28 different countries, and that's a number that's constantly growing. And uh, hearing wonderful feedback from you and those listeners that have enjoyed the podcast, who have enjoyed listening, and have submitted questions and things of that sort. By the way, you can submit questions to my email, Joshua. At SandyCreekStirings.com, and we've been able to see some wonderful things covering a variety of topics. You know, a lot of times a podcast will focus on a central theme, and granted, we do kind of have a central theme—it's uh, being stirred up for the cause of Christ. But really, in every area, we have covered so many different topics and subjects here on the podcast that I really feel that if you are a Bible believer, there is something for you on here that if you don't despise the sound of my voice, you should enjoy listening to maybe, um, hopefully just for the content's sake. And uh, But we've talked about so many things. We've done interview episodes with seasoned men of God. I've got other men of God who um, we'll be interviewing here soon. And um, those are the longest episodes we record, typically anywhere between 45 minutes to an hour and 10 minutes and they may be the longest, but they're the most listened to episodes of all the episodes we produce. You all, the listeners, really seem uh, to enjoy the interview episodes, so we've got more of those coming out. We've got episodes on marriage, episodes on raising children and teens. We've got episodes on ministry and keeping your ministry pure and, and tips for ministry. We've got a a series we've been doing for quite some time now, and it should be coming to a close soon, but Where Is My Church Going? 10 Signs Your Church Is Changing. We've got uh, preaching messages on here by men of God and by myself. We have, oh man, there's just all kinds of subjects on here, uh, Defending Your Faith Subjects. We've got subjects like dispensationalism. Uh, uh, Here's a two-part episode. I'm looking through the list right now. A two-part episode that the listeners, I've heard many listeners say they really enjoyed this episode, was episodes number 187 and 186, Genesis 6, and the Sons of God. I've heard a lot of great feedback From that episode, we've talked about how to be a blessing to your pastor, finances, once saved, always saved, Uh, episode 181, answering objections to once saved, always saved. We've talked about prayer life. We've talked about devotions. We've talked about uh, having a Christ-centered Christmas. We've talked about teaching your children faith, and we had a guest for that one with Pastor Patrick Jimenez. We talked about other religions, Methodists, Presbyterians, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons, Catholics, Jews, uh, um, we talked about my personal testimony. My story won't wow you. We talked about, oh, all kinds of things. And um, I'm just very, very impressed by just uh, the listeners and how you have continued to stay faithful listening. And so I'm thankful for that. We're going to dive right into our subject content for today with a little, mm, you might call it a commercial. Um, before we actually get into the content. I don't typically do this. I don't like to chase rabbit trails too often, especially on a podcast where I can um, insert a subject and I don't have to chase rabbit trails. Um, I'm, it's not like I'm preaching. I'm not live, so I don't have to chase a rabbit trail before I forget about it. I can write it down and do it at a different time. But I, I wanted to include this. This will maybe end up being its own episode here shortly. We'll find out. Um but it's kind of a current event that popped up in my life, and you know we're gonna we're gonna hit on that right now. I don't I don't typically do this, but we're gonna do it right now. Somebody the other day on social media, and I don't typically like to critique social media, but here I am right now on the podcast critiquing social media. And somebody on social media the other day was uh, a Christian, and um, they were they post book reviews and things of that sort, and books they're reading, and and encourage other Christians to be readers, which is a great thing. We need to learn the discipline of reading. And if you're not a reader, let me encourage you to be a reader. Force yourself to read. It's good for you. And But they posted some books, and somebody asked about a particular book, and they responded. Now, this isn't a nationally known person. This is just a personal friend of ours. And um, But they, somebody asked them a question about the book, and they responded, and they said, well, the book has some foul language in it, but other than that, it's been a great book. Looking forward to finishing it. And I, I sat back in my seat, and I was like, what in the world? Um, if it has foul language, why don't we put it down? And, you know, the, the more I'm finding out, the more I'm realizing that Christians have this idea in their mind and in their head, that as long as they don't say the word— as long as I don't say the F word, I'm okay. I I can watch it on TV. I didn't say it. I can read it in a book. I didn't say it. You know, it's just one of those. It's not really a really bad word. It's just kind of one of the ones we don't say that. Can I just ask you this real quick? And this is kind of where I'm jumping on today. Can I just ask you this? Is cussing, is cursing wicked? Is it bad? Absolutely. That's why it's called a bad word, right? I mean, duh. And uh, it's, it's wicked. It's wrong. Can I just remind you Psalm 101, verse 3 says, I will set, that means put. I'll set, I'll put no wicked thing before mine eyes. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Here's what you are literally doing when you read a book with foul language now sometimes you'll pick up a book you don't know it has foul language you'll read and you'll come across a foul word you know what you are doing if you choose to continue you are setting something wicked before your eyes you are setting something wicked before your eyes you say well i didn't say the word no 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 are you setting it before your eyes i didn't say the word well what about psalm 19 verse 14 let the words of thy mouth and the meditation of thy heart that's just thinking it. And the meditation of my heart, be acceptable in, the, in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Let me tell you something, folks. We've got an epidemic of Christians allowing wrong movies and wrong books into their homes. And we need to be very careful. We don't need to be setting any wicked thing before our eyes. You know, maybe it's time to get rid of the Louis L'Amour books. You say, no, not Louis L'Amour. Yes, he was a cusser. I was reading um, Reagan, Ronald Reagan. I was reading his journal. And I got some things out of there. And, And then he started cussing. I was like, man, I really wanted to read, you know, some things about you. You know what I did? I tossed it. You say, well, it's history. You need to know your history great. I'll read the history by someone who didn't cuss. And I appreciate who Ronald Reagan was. I appreciate what he was as a president. I appreciate what he stood for on a moral level. I I don't stand for cussing. And I refuse. I refuse to set a wicked thing before my eye. And what about you? What about you? So often, we'll be reading something in it has foul language, and we'll keep reading, and we're okay. But what we are literally doing is we're setting something wicked before our eyes. Something I enjoy, and some of you will probably quit listening to me because of this, and uh, I'm just kidding. Maybe not. We'll find out. And um, But I enjoy watching professional football. And it's just a pastime I enjoy. In fact, I I enjoy reading every now and then some articles on the football team. You know, what are they going to do in the draft and all that? It's something I enjoy. It's a very small pastime that I partake in, and but I have to be very careful because a lot of times there will be an article that has foul language, and it might have some juicy information about a trade that just happened. Oh my goodness, I've got to finish the article. No, I need to shut it off. Because I want to make sure I choose. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. And I also don't want the meditation of my heart. I don't want it to be not acceptable in the sight of God. What about you? What about you? Now you can go back and listen to probably 206 episodes, and you won't find many commercials like that one. And as I said, I don't typically go on that one. You may, um, you may, uh, you may hear that as a as an entire episode here soon. We don't we don't know. We'll find out. And um, but I just want to encourage you in that today. Take a look at your books. Take a look at your movies. By the way, we did an entire episode on TV filters and cuss boxes. Should Christians use them? TV Filters and Cuss Boxes Should Christian Use Them. Uh, That was episode number 133. I'd encourage you to go back and and listen to that episode. If you're one of those who you say, well, that's not really a very bad cuss word, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to that episode and hear what the Bible has to say about using those type of products or whether or not we should watch movies where we need to turn the TV filter on. And uh, so there's our commercial for this uh, episode. The actual content—let's dive into the actual content of the episode today— we're going to talk about, can you pray for one hour? Can you pray for one hour? That is the question that Jesus Christ asked Peter in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he was taken away to die. Uh, Mark chapter 14, verse 37, and he, Jesus, and he cometh and findeth them sleeping, and saith unto Peter, Simon, sleepest thou? Couldst not thou watch one hour? Remember Peter, just a little while before, Christ said, you're you're all going to deny me. You're all going to run away from me. You're all going to uh, abandon me, you might say. And Peter said, oh, they, they, they might all do it. I will never do that. I will never uh, abandon you. I'll never betray you. I'll never leave you. They all might, but I never will. And of course, Christ would go on to tell him, Peter, uh, before the rooster even crows, you're going to deny me three times. And here Christ comes to him, and Jesus has been praying with them. He's already told them twice to pray. But the Bible says they were sleeping for sorrow, and uh, but they were here sleeping, and Christ tells them to pray. And Christ has, asks him a question, Simon, couldst thou not watch with me for one hour? Couldn't you? You, you claim to be so strong. You claimed you would never abandon me. You claimed you would stick for the cause of Christ. You claimed you would be with me. You claimed that you had a relationship with me. You claimed that you knew me, yet you could not even pray with me for one hour. Can I just say that this might be a spiritual thermometer that Christ was putting right here in in Simon Peter? He said, hey, open up your mouth. Put this under your tongue. Let's check your spiritual temperature. Can you pray with me for one hour? Let me ask you. Let me ask myself. Can I pray for 1 hour? And not even can I pray for 1 hour? How about this? This is maybe even a better question. Do I pray for 1 hour? How often do I spend quality and quantity? You don't have to sacrifice one for the other. But how long do I sac- how long do I have quality? And quantity prayer with my Savior, with my God. If God were to put that spiritual thermometer in my mouth and check my temperature, would I be okay or would I have a spiritual fever brewing because I have lost strength in the area of prayer? Simon, couldst thou not watch one hour? One hour. I'd be very careful, very careful, before I proclaim to be some great Christian. I'm going to stick for the cause of Christ. I'm going to make it. I'm never going to fall. I'm never going to falter. I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to do that. I'm going to stick for the cause of Christ. I'll be here till I'm 80. Let me ask you, in saying all those statements, can you pray, or rather, do you pray for one hour? Oh, yeah. One hour, that's a really long time the average movie. You know what? I don't even know what the average movie is. I'll Google it for you real quick. The average movie length. Here we go. Google's firing off answer is 131 minutes. How long is one hour? 60 minutes. That means you could fit two hours in the average movie. Yeah, you have no problem. You have no problem watching the two-hour movie, the average movie of 131 minutes. I have no problem doing that but pray for one hour and a hush goes over the crowd. (gasps) Did he say one hour? Nobody can pray for one hour. I mean, that's a really long time. Talk about boring. That's a really long time. One hour in prayer. But Jesus didn't think it was so difficult. Jesus didn't think it was boring. Jesus didn't think it was hard. Jesus didn't think it was tough. You say, He was the Son of God. Yes, but He limited Himself. He was 100% man, yet still 100% God. And can I remind you of this? He showed to us all what we can do if we choose Him instead of sin, if we choose to be led by the Holy Spirit instead of our flesh. Here's the problem, and here's the reason. Can we admit the truth this morning, or this evening, or this afternoon, whenever you're listening? Can we admit the truth? The problem we have when we say, well, I can't pray for that long, is because we're too close to living to our flesh rather than living by the Holy Spirit. If our immediate reaction is, "Uh, that's a really long time, that's your flesh. That's really hard, that's your flesh. Uh, that, That seems kind of boring, that's your flesh. That's not the Holy Spirit. You say, how can I pray for one hour? How is that possible? I'm glad you asked, because that's what we're going to talk about today. Here's how you can pray for one hour. Here's the first thing you need to do. We find it in verse 36 of Mark chapter 14. Jesus is speaking, and he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible unto thee. Take away this cup from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what thou wilt. Abba, Father. Do you know what Jesus had? And here's what you have to have in order to be able to pray for one hour. Number one, you have to develop a relationship with God. You have to develop a relationship with God. Have you ever met somebody brand new before you've never met? It's kind of difficult to talk to them, isn't it? Oh, you know, hey, great to meet you. Beautiful weather outside. Oh, I I love. Oh, this temperature is my favorite temperature. Yeah. And (laughs) we're trying to figure out something else to say. It has all those awkward. Maybe you're a huge like meet new people and talk for forever. Uh, But there's those awkward moments. Like, okay, what do we say now? Why is it difficult? Why is it a little hard to talk to somebody new? Because you don't have a relationship with them yet. Maybe they're new to your church, and and you're going to build a relationship with them, and one day it'll be a whole lot easier to talk than it is now. But the issue is the relationship there. Most who don't pray for 15 minutes won't pray for half an hour. Most who won't pray for half an hour don't pray for an hour. And most people don't pray—if they don't pray for 15 minutes, they don't pray daily. Listen, don't expect to talk with someone for a long period of time, a quantity time, if you don't first develop a relationship. You're a brand new baby Christian. You have just, you've never, maybe you maybe it's someone who they've never heard the name of Jesus before. They heard Jesus for the very first time, and they get saved, and oh, it's incredible. They get saved. They get baptized. Typically, they're not going to start off the next day by praying for three hours. Typically, they pray for five minutes, and they're like, wow, That was a long time, and that's great. That's a step of growth. That's relationship building with our God. But what we have to be careful of is that we don't leave it there. And what we have to do is we have to start building the relationship. If you say, I don't think I can pray for one hour. Well, let me ask you this. What do you pray for now? You pray for 10 minutes? Why don't you try praying for 20 minutes? You pray for 20 minutes? Why don't you try praying for 45 minutes? You pray for 45 minutes? Try praying for an hour. And when you start building in steps, what are you doing? You're building a relationship with the Father. And when you build a relationship with somebody, it is that much easier to have a conversation with them. And can I remind you, prayer isn't this stuffy, high-caller type deal, oh, Heavenly Father, Lord, and Savior above, we do pray that thou wouldst give us our daily bread today so that we can—it's not that. Prayer is a conversation with God. Prayer is a conversation with God. Somebody put it so well once. They said, if you struggle praying and you struggle with it, take a chair, put it in front of you, and pretend—though it's not really pretending—pretend that God is right there with you and talk to Him. Tell Him about your day. Tell Him about your desires. Tell Him about your future. Lay your burdens on Him. Talk to Him as you would talk to your father. You say, I didn't have a father. Talk to Him as you talk to whoever. Talk to Him as God. He wants to have a relationship with you. You have to. If you want to pray for an hour, you have to develop a relationship with God. Number two, number two, you have to have a burden. You have to have a burden. Christ here has been praying. It doesn't tell us, at least that I see here, how long He was actually praying. We know it was least at least an hour because that's what He told Peter, but remember that He had already come and gone a couple times to the disciples. But verse 34 and 35 says, And saith unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful unto death. Tarry ye here and watch. And he went forward a little and fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. Can I tell you why Jesus was able to pray for an hour? Because he had a really, really deep-set burden. He had a really deep-set burden. If you want to pray for an hour, you're going to have to have something that burdens you. Maybe it's a burden for the lost. Maybe it's a burden for your church. Maybe it's a, a burden for your personal situation. Uh, my wife and I have been praying that the Lord would give us a house and work things out for quite some time. We, For those of you who don't know, we currently live in a fifth-wheel camper... We have rednecked a 10 by 10 room on the side of it. That's my girl's room. And uh, that's where we live right now. We are very close, like literally weeks away from being in a house. They're working on moving our home onto the property. Um, I'm actually having a meeting with somebody this morning and uh, to continue this process moving forward, to stake everything out and get everything laid out for the property. And very excited about that. But I remember especially last year, this was weighing very heavily on our heart. You say, why? Because nine months ago, almost nine months ago, we found out we were expecting another child. So now we've got four children, plus my wife and I, in our camper, and it's getting very tight. And this burden of, we need some space, was weighing very heavily on our heart. Can I tell you that when this burden was so heavy on my heart, I felt like, you know, as a father, I'm not providing for my family. As a husband, you know, all these things going through your mind as the provider of the home, and I remember I knelt down by my bed and prayed and prayed for an hour, and I didn't even realize it. Can I tell you this? You know why I prayed for an hour? didn't even know it was because I had a really big burden, not a really big burden personal situation. Can I tell you this if you want to pray for an hour, get a really big burden. The problem is, and I'll just mention this, and then we've gotta move forward. But so many times we have Christians who are content to sit in a pew and they don't want to carry a burden. Now, of course, the Bible says, casting all your care upon him for He careth for you. But when's the last time you had a burden on you? When's the last time you had something that moved you so deeply that it caused tears to come to your eyes and you were burdened? you said, I've got to go talk to my Lord about this. I've got to talk to God about this. I've got to get rid of this burden. When's the last time you've done that? When's the last time something has touched your heart? Maybe it was a missionary video. Maybe it was a personal situation. Maybe it was someone who was dying on their deathbed and needed to get saved. Maybe it's America. When's the last time you've been so burdened that it didn't take, that that it took you to your knees? If you want to pray for an hour, you need to get a deep-seated burden. Next, and I find this in verse number 30, uh, verse number 34, Christ said, and saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful unto death. Tarry he here and watch. Now, Christ would, of course, go at what the Bible says, a stone's throw away, and he was alone. But I've noticed this in my personal life and what I believe he's alluding to here, is if you want to pray for an hour, have someone pray with you. If you want to pray for an hour, have someone pray with you. Having someone who can pray with you can be a great blessing in spending quality time and quantity time in prayer. Try getting your spouse and saying, hey, you know what? I want to pray. I've got a burden on my heart. Get your spouse. Get a time together and pray and pray. And pray. Having someone with you can help you pray. Having someone with you can help you pray and help you pray for an hour when you pray as a group or as a couple. By the way, there's nothing sweeter than a wife and a husband when they spend time, quantity time and quality, quantity and quality time in prayer. I don't know of anything sweeter than that. And so having someone pray with you can help you to pray for an hour. And then here's the last thing I don't have. I'm not going to Mark 14 for this, but this is something I firmly believe in, that if you want to have a quantity and quality, right? So many times uh, I had one person ask me one time, you know, I feel like I'm trying to pray for 30 minutes, but I feel like I'm just not really, you know, it's like the quality has diminished. And I told him, you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. You can have quality and quantity. And he said, how? How? And this is the answer I'll give him, which is the last answer for how you can pray for an hour, is to have a prayer list. To have a prayer list. Look, we get distracted easily. We get distracted easily, things pop in our mind, and I think especially that Satan is in overdrive trying to get us distracted while we're praying. That's when a Christian is at his strongest is when he's in prayer with the Lord. And I think he's trying to get us distracted. You have a prayer list, it really helps to keep you on track, And so I personally believe you cannot expect to have a quality and quantity prayer time without a prayer list. And you say, is it just a list of requests? Basically. And you can get really fancy with them. I've got mine, and I love my prayer journal. It's divided up into different sections, a section for my wife, for each of my children, for my church, for church needs, for my family requests, for my personal things, for a miscellaneous section, for... I've got sections all over church family every single church family we have in our church is listed in my prayer journal I pray for them almost every day and um, but having a prayer list can help have quality and quantity time in prayer and that's something you need to put together if you have any questions on putting together a prayer list and uh, how to get a leather leather prayer list. Uh, designed an A5 uh, paper that's just in a binder, just the best setup I've ever seen. Contacted me about that. And then I can tell you about my current setup and uh, how I have that worked out and show you how you can do it yourself as well. And so having a prayer list can help you to pray for one hour. Let me ask you when's the last time you prayed for an hour? Let's make maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Maybe start building towards that for next week or next month let's try praying for an hour, and have quality and quantity time with the Lord in prayer. I hope that helps you and encourages you to continue to grow your prayer life and your relationship with God. My friend, it is possible if you develop a relationship with God, have a deep-seated burden, have somebody pray with you, and have a prayer list. You can pray for one hour. And as you do, keep looking up and keep stirred up for the calls of Christ.